Hello and welcome to the SaltCast. My name is Ryan Johnson, your host, and once again, I've got Danny Wright, Jason Parr, and Paul Johnson on with me today. Welcome, guys, and good morning. Hey, good morning. Great to be here. Now, many of you as listeners probably don't know that we meet every Wednesday afternoon as a firm, Um, and it's something we've been doing for years. It's a great way for all of us who work remotely and in the office to reconnect and and see what's going on in everybody's lives and in the firm. And one thing that was brought up that I thought was pretty interesting in the world of sales tax was uh, Dan Peisner, who has, you know, been on the podcast uh, many times in the past. He brought up that we're seeing a a quite a large increase within our own client base even of new audits in the state of Illinois. And I was hoping that you guys could 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 talk to that because as far as I know, all these clients are not connected in any way other than, you know, they're our clients. And so if you guys could talk to that, kind of what's going on, kind of different nuances in Illinois. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the things we're finding with Illinois is their uh, economic nexus legislation became effective October 1 of 2018. And obviously, as as legislation passed across the U.S., <clears throat> sellers who were selling into Illinois had to make decisions about whether they should get registered or not. A um, couple of things about Illinois' economic nex- nexus legislation is... Um, it's based on $100,000 in gross sales or 200 transactions. Right, A lot of states have dropped the transactional aspect of their economic nexus laws, but um, it, it remains in Illinois. It's 100000 or 200 transactions. But what's interesting about Illinois is a lot of times when you're looking back to see whether you should register or not, you're looking back at the previous calendar year. In Illinois, it's a rolling 12-month total, right? So um, you're you're looking back at the last month and the 11 months before that, and the next month you're looking at that again, right? And when you cross that threshold, Illinois says you should be registered effective that date. Um, and, and so you have to be on top of that. And what Illinois is doing, uh, it appears, is they're, they're sending out letters and auditing everyone that has registered since the effective date of their economic nexus legislation and essentially trying to determine whether they should have registered earlier, right? And if they determine that um, based on looking at historical figures, then they will uh, simply assess tax on those sales from October 1, 2018 up to the date that you got registered if they believe you should have been registered effective October 1, 2018. so we're seeing lots of letters, uh, lots of correspondence, lots of communication. Um, and I think it's important for sellers out there in the marketplace to know that when it comes to Illinois uh, and whether you should or should not register, um, you should take a pause and just think about whether you just get registered prospectively or if you should look at your historical numbers and potentially participate in a voluntary disclosure program provided by Illinois to understand what your total exposure might be. Um, if you've already registered, then maybe you've received one of those letters and we'd love to chat with you about that if you have. 
you know, I think another uh, thing that contributes to the increase in audits and additional traction from Illinois is that it's been three years now since that uh, economic nexus legislation went into effect and uh, the statute of limitations in Illinois is also three years and so the states naturally are on this cycle I think and they've got it earmarked Nat and when we talk uh, quite a bit when it comes to audits that if if you aren't registered in filing returns and you establish nexus whether it be physical or otherwise then the state can go back as far as they can until until you've established nexus so three years if you had physical nexus in 2015 and you're audited by the state of illinois sure they could go all the way back to 2015 and assess tax on those transactions from when nexus was established but i just think it's it's um i'm not sure what goes on internally at the at the state side but i do know that it's been three years their statute of limitation is three years and so they're you know they're going to be pursuing uh, a lot heavier for this economic nexus thresholds just to to make certain that everybody is compliant across the board as best they can anyway <laughs> yeah that's a good point it's a really good point it's I... interesting as go ahead park no, no no please danny it's interesting because you know as as we talk about these audits uh, ryan mentioned that we're seeing these audits with companies that are already registered and you know that makes sense because the states have their information right but this is very relevant as well for companies that are not currently registered in illinois we continue to have daily discussions uh, with companies who are still trying to get a handle on nexus and you know it's it's really an ongoing thing for most every company we continue to believe that probably at least nine out of ten companies are not registered in every state they should be so as we have these discussions about Nexus, naturally the past comes up. You know, when did you actually establish Nexus and what kind of liability do you have in that state uh, because you did establish Nexus in the past but have not been collecting tax from your customers? So as we discuss the steps you know, forward for that company and their strategy moving forward, we talk about a voluntary disclosure agreement, right? A VDA. We talk about just determining that you had nexus and you know, stopping the bleeding, so to speak, and just registering prospectively or, you know, registering today or, you know, the beginning of the, the following month and you just start collecting tax moving forward. Uh, you know, there's, there's different options that you have, right? And there's different options that are discussed. Well, one of the things about registering prospectively is there's that risk that the state at some point discovers you had nexus before you actually registered and now you're going to be on the hook for that tax uh, that you did not collect in the past plus penalties and interest well of course you know that's one of the benefits of a vda is you know entering entering into that program with the state and you know having at least the the penalties forgiven or waived and interest in some states so it, it changes the conversation at least in a state like illinois where you know they're being very aggressive with registered taxpayers so it, it's one of those states where it, it, you want to consider it more whether or not you're going to just you know gamble and register prospectively with the potential that you know the state's gonna 
go on a fishing expedition, if you will, or go on an audit rampage like they are now. And it's, you know, more likely in a state like Illinois today that you would be, you know, caught in an audit versus, you know, most other states, many other states that, of course, are not currently auditing like Illinois is. However, you know, that just this this is a cyclical conversation because it's like, okay, if Illinois is doing this, our other states going to do it. We know Maine is doing it. We know there's states like Washington and California and Texas that have always been aggressive. So, it, you know, the strategy can certainly change when it comes to considering uh, where you have nexus, when you establish nexus, and, you know, whether or not you address the past liability and, and how you address that. You know, what you have just experienced with uh, Danny is what you would experience in a what's next call. I mean, really good information. Uh, looking at your specific situation, understanding the dates, understanding the amounts, understanding the pros and cons of the the program of um, entering into a voluntary disclosure agreement or registering prospectively, what the case may be. It's really the beauty of being able to have a collaborative experience and making a decision about what to do next when it comes to Illinois or any of the other states. Uh, where you might have this responsibility. Now, Paul has said this a thousand times, and I'll say it on his behalf today. The most costly mistake that you can make is to ignore it. Um, and so when you get on a call like that, you're going to be talking to someone like Danny. Um, when you have a sales tax question or issue that comes up, you really don't want to talk to a sales tax rep, as we call it. You want to talk to a sales tax practitioner, someone who can help provide some confidence or some peace of mind as they collaborate with you on your particular situation. And so I just highly recommend that. The other thing I'll say about Illinois and any of the other states is they can really change things up on you. <clears throat> right now in Illinois, in addition to these audits, uh, effective January 1 of this year, they changed the way um, remote-only sellers collect Illinois tax. For decades, um, if, if you sell into Illinois and have a responsibility to collect tax, those sales that come from outside Illinois into Illinois, uh, to Illinois customers, tax would be collected at the state-only use tax rate of 6.25%. But in this new legislation, effective January 1, remote-only sellers now have to collect tax as if it was a retail sale within Illinois, and they collect the state plus the local tax um, based on the destination of, of that sale. This is not something that they're requiring um, Illinois uh, sellers that are in Illinois or have locations in Illinois. They still collect the state-only rate for sales coming out of Illinois into Illinois and then collect the retail rate on sales within Illinois. So it, it, even the way it's imposed is a little bit different than than... Um, people typically understand. And so you want to have some answers on that. Number one, you want to get compliant and remain compliant. You want to do that by mitigating costs out of your own pocket. And then you also want to ensure that in compliance that you're following their rules properly. You never want to be caught under collecting tax and that tax having to come out of your own pocket with penalties and interest. You know, don't you think it's interesting that Illinois of all states is being as aggressive as they are, knowing how tight 
everything is over at Illinois, just from a budgetary perspective. I mean, we, we've known for years on the refund side that they don't issue refunds. They'll just issue a credit memo, and you can go <laughs> sell that credit memo or you know, use that credit memo or whatever if you did overpay tax. Uh, you know, you amend an Illinois return, you file the ST1X, and you fill out the form, and you ask for a refund, and they're like, okay, here's your credit. And you're like, no, no, I want a refund. No, we don't have any money. So it's just interesting to me to see Illinois, of all the states, going to pursue audits, knowing that they just are, you know, tight. They don't have I, I think budget. it's why. And maybe that's why. Maybe yeah, that's no, why. I think it is exactly why they're so aggressive. It's <laughs> because they don't have any money. Um, so they're trying to get every dollar possible. So as people register, they just want to find out, um, should you have been uh, – paying more or collecting more in the past but you're right i mean the iou process of uh recovery you know we've dealt with this quite a bit Uh, again if 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 you haven't had a refund review um in the last couple of years it makes total sense for you to have a a recovery a project performed Uh, that's where we come in and look at your um purchases or your acquisitions of expenses and fixed assets to run your operations within Illinois or any other state um, that may have uh, exemptions on purchases that you make. But we come in and we identify uh, where you might be overpaying tax and then we go back to the state or to the vendors and, and get those taxes back. But in Illinois, everybody knows and has known for a long time that when you pursue that refund, you're going to get an IOU. Uh, from the state of Illinois. Yeah. You can use that credit against your remittances, ongoing remittances to Illinois, but if you're a manufacturer, let's say, and you don't collect tax on your sales, everything's wholesale, but you've overpaid tax on on uh, expenses and property used uh, to produce, then <laughs> you don't have a way to offset that. And, and the remedy in the marketplace, and this is the only state that I'm aware of this, State gives you a credit, an IOU. You don't have a way to use that credit. You can actually sell that credit at a discount at 92 cents on the dollar, 94 cents on the dollar, whatever the case may be, to a uh, taxpayer in the state of Illinois who remits lots of tax, right? So we've actually done this. You can go to them. You can sell the credit to them. They'll give you the, the money at a discounted rate. Um, and then they'll take that credit, which can be transferred to them, and they'll apply it to their next return um, to offset them out. So that's the process you have to go through in Illinois to be able to get the funds. But to your point, Paul, yes, yeah. I think the audits are directly in response to we need every dollar we can possibly get from remote sellers. This situa- situation in Illinois with credit memos, IOUs, reminds me of Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> the movie where uh, Lloyd, Lloyd and Harry, right? They get that briefcase full of cash and they just go out and spend it. They go buy like a Lamborghini and go shopping and stuff. And then eventually, right, the, the bad guys, you could say, get to them and open the briefcase and it's just full of papers, right? That's with IOUs <laughs> written on them. And it's like, don't worry, they're all there. It's like, so at least these IOUs are certainly worth more than the paper that Harry and Lloyd Christmas wrote on. But. <laughs> That's exactly right. I mean, I, but maybe, I, maybe I, I Illinois directly just called the state of Illinois dumb and dumber. Right? <laughs> Sorry about that. Or possibly, you know, someone at the state saw the movie and said, Hey, this might be an option. 
<laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Ryan, you better cut us off before we get into uh, cinema trivia. <laughs> well, I know growing up that Paul has definitely has a vault worth of movie quotes. I do not have that ability. <laughs> if, if Jenner, our director of sales tax return service, Jenner Bryson, some of you, our listeners will know him. If he was here, he would probably be able to actually quote out that entire scene that I'm talking about. So we'll bring him on sometime. I do not retain that information. Love it. But um, I am really appreciative of you guys coming on today. I think this is, you know, key information for everybody who, you know, is doing e-commerce or business in the state of Illinois and they've registered recently or haven't and they may be, you know, getting a letter from the state of Illinois. And uh, I think this... This podcast perfectly showcased, you know, what we can do to help you guys. And we'd love to get on a call with you to discuss strategy and how to move forward and give you the peace of mind that you need. Um, with that, thank you guys, and uh, we hope to see you guys on another one. All right, have a good one.